Hello, Protein Bros family. Thank you so much for being on another episode with us. Today, we have Dan Margolin, who is the owner of his own med spa. He does bioidentical hormones, all the other things you can think of when you think of med spas, whether it be skin treatments, um, cosmetic surgery. He also does Botox, fillers, things like this. Um, We talk about a handful of things um, that are just kind of foreign nature for us at the Protein Bros Podcast. Kyle and I do not do any of these procedures, but we wanted to know what is it that our customers and and people that are into fitness, what are they getting when they turn to cosmetic surgery, when they turn to a med spa for help, and um, what are the risks associated and what kind of results can people expect? And so if you're into any of those things, this is a great podcast for you. We did a lot of learning today. So if you are into hearing any of these things, this is the right episode for you. Thank you guys again for listening and uh, let's get right to the episode. All right. So anyways, what I was wanting to say is Jeff is about to embark on a, a vacation, a trip, a pilgrimage to Cancun, next like few all days. good Americans do. The next few days where and the weather calls for overcast and rain, of course, I'll be hopefully partaking in a beach, but we'll see. Jeff's not as slender as he wants to be, and he needs to figure out a way in the next 12 hours, probably. We're just trying to figure out how do I go from a pot belly to, <laughs> to a six-pack sheetrock of abs. Is, is this machine that you speak of, is this... Talk to us about help, the Emsculpt Neo. 20,000 crunches, Dan. Let's just postpone your trip a few weeks. That's all it takes? A few weeks from pot belly to abs? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. You might need a little bit more Can work, you push it? Here's a good question. So like, definitely make it happen. So my fiance works within a cosmetic surgery office. She mm-hmm. is an esthetician. Mm-hmm. Um but when she, you know, were to, let's say she has someone come in and do a consultation, she'd look at like my skin, for example, and be like, you would need six treatments or 10 treatments. Right. So for the M-Sculpt Neo, for somebody, let's say, has like 30% body fat, how would they come down to having abs without exercising with the M-Sculpt Neo? Right. So, you know, it's all about realistic expectations. So it's going to be different for everybody. Right. So, you know, the basics of it are we can put the applicators on any section of the body that we want to improve. Um, it's got good medical purposes. Even if you're using it to build the core, it can treat your back pain. But essentially the way it works is it uses high-frequency electromagnetic energy, which is similar to what's in an MRI, and it uses it for muscle contraction. And then there's radio-frequency energy that melts the fat. It's different than something like cool sculpting, which was meant to freeze the fat, this actually causes the fat cells to expand and the fatty acids leak out. So it's it's much more medical. How do you, how so, do you, how does your body uh, get rid of the fat that's been? Uh, yeah, the, basically the you're, you're explaining lipolysis right. through it's, a through a different mechanism. So in typical lipolysis, you are excreting fat through like sweat or urine. Urine. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's uh, processed through the liver. Oh, okay. And then. You, know, you guys have the science background, so essentially there are different biochemical pathways where you get things like free radicals released that cause apoptosis of the fat cells, which is cell death. So it's you get a even evenly distributed uh, fat loss. So the this thing helps with with getting rid of fat cells. Yes, really. So 
the data is on four treatments and mm. four 30 minute sessions. We see a 30% increase in muscle mass and a 30% decrease in fat. Um, we, we do packages of four or six because, you know, in some cases more is better. So if you can get good results with four sessions, you can always get better results with six, but that's what the data is based on. So now the results are not all immediate, which is good because typically you will see improvement at a week, but the results continue to increase over a four month period after you've completed your four sessions. And what's super cool about it is that, so if we put it on the abs, you're getting the equivalent of 20,000 crunches in 30 minutes. And just as important as that is that you're getting a hundred percent recruitment of that muscle group. And if you work out on your own, typically at most, you're only able to recruit 40% of that muscle bundle. And that has to do with pathways from the brain. So you're telling me that Jeff is going to need six treatments and not just four to reduce the pot belly. That's right. However, also, you know, <laughs> you I really take I heard 20,000 I, mean, I heard 20,000 crunches in what? One treatment? One treatment. 20,000 crunches. Yeah. So in six treatments, you know, not a math major, yeah. but that's 120,000 right. crunches. So it's the equivalent of any body part that you work out and you do four treatment sessions, it would take the equivalent of 6 months of doing a hit workout every day to get what you're getting out of four treatments. What kind of recovery process is going on after such a ridiculous amount of exercise? You know, so I incorporate the same uh, recovery process that I do um, when I'm working out at home, which is, you know, I, I come in here and I get all my supplements. And so I, I always um, do first form. Um, and I, even at work, I keep the powder at work. And, you know, I, I use the recovery powder and the fast digesting form of the protein powder right mm -hmm. after. And, and I make sure that... They're Formula you know, One and Ignition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a and, good combo. you know, I, I make sure that I'm trying to get at least 20 grams more than my body weight and protein a day. So this machine will deplete glycogen? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, absolutely. You know how when you have been working out a long time on a regular basis, because we do all take breaks from it, mm -hmm. um, and you get to that point where no matter how heavy you're lifting, you cannot make yourself sore. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been doing regular arm workouts, for example. And then when I started doing M sculpt on my biceps and triceps, I, by the second night, you know, day two after the first session, I was getting ready for bed and I lifted up my arms and I was like, Oh man, I think I'm gonna have a problem in the morning. Back to back days. So like you can do like a treatment every day. Uh, you're supposed to wait uh, five to seven days in between treatments because it takes that much recovery. Valerie, what's been your M-Sculpt experience so far? So I've done two sessions so far, and I noticed after the first – well, I didn't notice anything really after the first session. I was a little bit sore. Um, but after the second session, which I did yesterday, I could see a difference in, like, my hamstrings. Um, I lift pretty heavy on a regular basis. I lift three days a week. 
Um, and I just have issues. I'm pretty like quad dominant. So I have issues engaging like my hamstrings and just like my glutes. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's always been a little bit more of a challenge. So that's where I feel like I'm my weakest and where I store more fat. So after the second session yesterday, I could like tell just by looking in the mirror, I was like, Oh man, starting to starting to see something happen here. It looked like my hamstrings were popping a little bit. So can you get Jeff some striated glutes? Dude, striated <laughs> glutes, that's for you, man. What we, are you talking we, about? We, I've never stepped on stage. That's you. <laughs> we have a lot of people that are doing competitors that are doing glutes to basically get a butt lift. Mm-hmm. And so what Valerie's doing is we're strengthening her hamstrings and then putting them on and then right after that doing a session on her hips essentially mm-hmm. trying to you know speaking of if butt lifts. Is, sorry, I was just gonna What get a in. segue. I know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask real quick, MRIs in general can be dangerous. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. They have some level of, uh, of, uh, you know, warnings around doing MRIs. Does this carry the same thing? There are a lot of misconceptions about MRI and people confuse them with CAT scans. Uh So actually MRI, there's, there is no... Uh, concerned with radiation exposure. Radiation exposure. Right? Because yeah. because um, MRI is the imaging uh, of choice in pregnant women, for mm-hmm. example. So if you're worried about someone having appendicitis who's pregnant, you can safely do an MRI on them. Um, it, it is a s- similar technology, but obviously it's reversed because MRI is in a magnet form, right? So the only reason that you would not use the M sculpt on someone is if they have a metal implant in the area. So like if they have a, if they have a rod in their femur, you're not going to treat their thighs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would it cause like the, the, the metal rod to like move in the body? It, it could, because what could happen is that the, the energy would be drawn to the metal as opposed to the muscle groups. Right. So back to your butt lift question. Yeah, dude, we're going to, well, I mean, guys, this is an unorthodox, you know, podcast for us. You're our first uh, surgeon we've ever had on. Um, it has any kind of medical practice when it comes to um, cosmetic changes in the body. And right. so we have tons of questions for you, man. Yeah. Um, um, we To this point, we've not had any cosmetic procedures, but we're getting older. You never know. No, but there's a lot of listeners that I think that have had a lot of changes in their body and they're wondering, you know, what would that step look like? And um, typically we meet people in the stores. Um, it's not often, but we do meet people in the stores where they're looking for something that we just simply cannot help them with. And we tell them, like, I think what you're looking for is more cosmetic, right? right. So when it comes to, like, trends, right, I feel like cosmetic surgery has trends to it. Is that accurate or is there anything you would edit there? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think that there is a movement away from plastic surgery. Um, because, and I think that social media is kind of ruining that because there's a lot out there about, you know, ruining what I'm sorry, the image of plastic surgery, because there's all these celebrities, Oh, the botch jobs and stuff. Yeah. And they're showing, you know, like what this beautiful celebrity looked like 20 years ago and how ridiculous they look now. Or or I would have assumed that cosmetic surgeries had never been bigger because of social media. Um, I am seeing an increasing number of people coming to my office who say, you know, I, I saw that or on social media. Don't don't make my lips look like that, like when I'm doing lip filler. But also, people want to age gracefully and they want to look like 
themselves and they want things to be subtle. People are very self-conscious about not wanting other people to know that they had things done. And so when you have plastic surgery, so for example, when you have a facelift, all they're doing is, and, and there is a rule for it. I'm not advocating against it for the right person, but for people who don't want to do it or are younger and really don't need to have it, you know, when you have a facelift, all they're doing is, is cutting and tightening skin, right? That doesn't do anything to address reversing your skin age. And my philosophy is it's all about reversing skin age because we all start to lose collagen and elastin starting at age 25. And that's what provides the support structure to your skin and soft tissue. Right. And, and that's all over your body. So, um, by the age of 30, our body fails to continue making collagen and elastin. So I have a number of different devices and I also use, um, like stem cell therapy, for example. I think I'm the only person in town that actually uses stem cell therapy along with my procedures to stimulate collagen and elastin production, right? So even if someone does have a facelift, they still need to come see me to do other procedures to actually reverse that skin age, right? And you've got to be on proper skin care. And then below the level of the skin and soft tissue is your muscle. So I, I'm the only med spa in Kansas City that has a device called the M-Face. And th this is, it's like the sister device to the M-Sculpt. And it is truly the most groundbreaking scientific advancement, I, I think, in facial contouring to ever come along. It just came out a year ago. So if you think about, think about the muscles of the face uh, like a hammock, okay? And so when you buy a new hammock uh, and you lay in it, it's tight. There's no give to it right? Um, if Jeff lays in that hammock every day uh, for months or years, the hammock starts to stretch, you know, the fibers of the hammock lengthen mm -hmm. and weaken, and they start sinking to the ground, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the muscles of your face. So the M face, put an applicator on each cheek and one on the forehead, and you do four 20-minute sessions, and it essentially returns that hammock to brand new. So it wow. also works on collagen and elastin in the skin. So for 20-minute sessions, and we see a 30% decrease in wrinkles and a 30% lift in the face. So we can bring the cheeks back up to where they used to be 10 to 15 years ago. And in, in doing that, we're also tightening the jawline, you know, the jowls, because everything gets pulled back up. So all this is like a you know, non-invasive is All non-invasive is, is the important aspect here. No pain, you know. People just come in and yeah, she lay looks down psyched. for a short period of time. Yeah. Um, so talking about, I want to get back to just trends. She's got know. like the you know when you're going down a water slide, you know. Oh yeah, gotta, is that she, the, they have to hold their hands like they that? actually just took a Dove commercial <laughs> girl and they just added those things to her face. Yeah. All right, so talk about trends. You you I was talking about the Brazilian butt lift just because I feel like um, people ask you know, all the time with girls have a nice butt, like, oh, did they have a butt lift or something mm -hmm. like that? Mm -hmm. I feel like people get accused of stuff like this on social media all the time, this and that. Is that like a thing that you see a lot of in your office or is there other trends that we should be aware of that you feel like is the most rampant? I think that the Brazilian butt lift is huge. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people will, it kind of scares me that people will actually like go down to Mexico or South yeah, yeah. America. Do you do butt to, lifts yourself? Have them. 
So we do a non-surgical butt lift. Okay. So um, we. What's the difference between them? Well, so a surgical with a surgical Brazilian butt lift, they have to take fat from other parts of your body and okay. actually inject it into the butt. Um, I understand, like you know, the Kardashians have really you know changed a lot as far as how uh, women are viewed or how uh, women may view themselves. Um, they're very popular, you know what I mean, but. Taylor Swift is super popular, and I don't see everybody running out to be as skinny as possible again. Like that right. was kind of, I felt like the '90s trend of, um, you know, like a what's her face, like Cindy Crawford right. type scenario, where everybody was in, in, a, in a desperate, you know, race to try to be a Victoria's Secret model, and they were all just rail thin. Don't you think it depends on if it's a mom gene year versus a low rise gene year? The low rise genes, you know, the Britney Spears <laughs> era, if you will. Like, does that change what people come in for looking for surgery-wise? Like, that's what I'm getting into as far as well, we are a fitness podcast, but we also delve into all the things that go into that, which is, for a lot of people, just an obnoxious amount of insecurity. And right. so I want to kind of address that with you, right. Dan, and what insecurities are people, you know, wanting to make changes and fixes with? And I feel like that's just evolved and evolved and evolved over the years, right? There right. was There's lips and there's butts and there's chins and stuff. And, like, you can do anything, right? I mean, like, yeah. you can... My uh, my fiance told me she had a client ask her about elbow surgery to get the elbow skin fat removed from her elbows. And I see that too. A weenus. It's not surgery. fat. It's <laughs> it's just skin. The weenus. Yeah. I, and, and no one likes a saggy weenus. And <laughs> above the concerns. And above the knees. Okay. As well. So it is hard to like give you a real answer to gauge like specifically the butt lift it, it, publicly. However, I have an esthetician who the gauge on her temperature would would tell you that it is still a very popular trend because w we have different forms of doing it, and, and she uses lymphatic massage and injections um, with a product that stimulates collagen and elastin, and it's called Sculptra, and she does a ton of Brazilian butt lifts. Through that, so, through this method, through this through, vehicle. Through that method. This is, okay. the anti, this is anti-diaper causing uh, butt lift. That's right. And I, and I do have a number of women asking to do M-Sculpt on their butt to get a butt lift. Sure. So I don't see it as, as a disappearing trend. Now, is, I guess he was probably talking more, though, about like the actual surgery of taking fat and putting it in your the butt. The fat right? transfer. Yeah, yeah, I'm just getting at, like, it seems like there's been a lot of botched fat transfer jobs. And like I said, you can't look at some of, the, some of these. I don't know if these are extreme. Like, this is what I guess I'm asking specifically. Yeah. And I uh, apologize even to our listeners yeah. on our level of ignorance when it comes to these <laughs> topics. What are you talking about, dude? I'm an expert in this. But like, you know, I don't think that there's been a job that like say Kim Kardashian is just the easiest person to point at that we all know. I don't think there's been a job that she's had where everybody's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with Kim Kardashian? Like she obviously can afford the best of the best out there. And I think that she has inspired tons of plastic surgery worldwide. And my point is like, is that a good job of what we would call a BBL or is that a bad job? Does that make sense? Like, right. I'm like, is that when people look at her, butt, I think a lot of people want to look like her. But when I look at those photos, I'm like, that is that what we're really natural? seeking? Is that like the, is that what we consider a good job? Cause it's all relative, right? I, I think it's a bad job because almost everyone that comes in is looking for subtlety. Okay. In whatever they're doing. Right. And, um, I also, I follow a ton of people on social media, like industry leaders, um, and just people that are super, you know, plastic surgeons and aesthetics, people that are super popular. 
And I've never heard anyone talk about that as a focus. Let's say, let's say you're 30 to 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Is there something kind of as far as preventative maintenance that you would recommend highly as far as like you were talking about the collagen and the elastin? Mm-hmm. If skin, you know, um, care sounds like it would be much more important than the surgeries themselves, what, would, what kind of steps would you have those people take? Every person, it does start with skin care. So I have multiple um, nurses and estheticians that are skin care experts. So no matter what procedures we're going to do, uh, procedures are about 30% of your long-term outcome. Good skin care is 70% of your long-term success. Would you say that I've always been under the assumption that, you know, when it comes to skin, exercise, hydration, protein are the most important things. Would you add anything to that or would you take any of those off there? I think that I think that those are all super important, but they are not a substitute for actual skincare products. So if we're talking actual skincare products, what specific ingredients are we talking about? There's so many out there that you have to tailor to the individual, right? But like you were talking about hydration. Yeah. So we need to have something that has hyaluronic acid in it or stimulates hyaluronic acid secretion because Mm -hmm. what hyaluronic acid does is it pulls um, moisture from the deep tissues into the skin to hydrate the skin. You know, we, we want like a vitamin C serum that is, you know, going to help to brighten and keep the surface of the skin healthy, right? I, I believe that everyone should be on a retinol at least a couple of days a week. So, yeah. And that's Skin Medico, which is a great brand. We also do carry Skin Better Science and Revision Skincare. My uh, fiance um, has that TNS right there. TNS is really good. Yeah. And, however, you know, it's it's really expensive. And, I and you know, now that I have gotten into biologics, so doing stem cell therapy for the skin. Um, there are more natural ways to, to accomplish what TNS does for a lot less money. Sweet. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'll let her know. Yeah. <laughs> so have you been to three eleven day? I, I see three eleven <laughs> every, every summer. I just got this one shirt of the best drummers of all time. I just got this shirt at uh, grinders when they, when they played in October. I'm so upset that I missed that in October. I didn't even know they were coming. I've actually never seen 311 live, but I was a fan in fifth grade. Oh my I had God. a 311 hat. Best 311 so song, I ever go. What's that? Best 311 top song, Top 311 go. song. Say that again. Your top 311 song. Uh, I can't even give you one. You got to be uh, kidding me. You see them every year. Transistor is the hardest. Yeah, yeah. yeah come on. Far, far, it's far from transistor. Come on, you know man. what? That just shows your age. Oh, geez. What, yeah. why? What's the best one then? Well, I would say, let's just say the best album, which is music. Uh, so, okay. every song on music, which is their first album, mm-hmm. which came out when I was in high school. Um, I like actually down I actually, on it. No, you know what? Down might be my favorite song, which is not on. Oh, is that the second not, CD ever? Is it the one that has got like a fire on the front of it? Or is it like the blue ocean the, looking the, one? I think it's it's transistor is a blue ocean blue. one like one. Yeah. That was the hat I had. Uh, Transistor's got the weird like it's got, Buddha looking stuff on the yeah. But when when I was in uh, college, three eleven played back to back nights in Lawrence, and then two days later in Columbia, um, and I took 
I took just decided to take my own week of vacation with a buddy. We went up to Lawrence, saw the back to back shows at like the at the bottleneck and and I think um like Liberty Hall. And then we drove down to Columbia and one of my buddies uh, was a bouncer at the Blue Note. So I got to go during the day and watch them sound do, check and do all a, that. Do a sound check and it was just me, the band, a reporter and like a bar back setting up for the night. Dude, how cool. That it was like cool. my own private show. It was the most amazing thing ever. That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Yeah. What other bands are you a uh, fanatic about? Well, all my tattoos are, are music-based. So Wow, okay. Is, well, I hit the jackpot then yeah. with that question. So this entire sleeve and all the way around this side of my chest is all a collage of Tools artwork. So I've got like all their album covers and artwork from over the years because uh, I remember someone pulled up in my driveway in high school and he had found, um, found the first tool CD, uh, down at, at Streetside records and just based on the album cover. And he pulled up in my driveway and he was like, dude, get in the car right now. He's like, you got to listen to this band. <laughs> He's like, it's going to change your life. Wow. And I was like 17 years old and I'm 49 and you know, I've got them. You know, I got the tool tattoos going when I was 45. That's incredible, man. Yeah, and then uh, my most recent one is this is Alice in Chains mm-hmm. tattoo. This was the original symbol that Lane Staley actually drew himself. Are you a big so. Alice in Chains guy, Luke? Okay. It's got the perfect circle logo right I've there. Got, I've got the perfect circle logo. You know anything about perfect circle? What about Pussifer? You know, no. What about? I'm trying to think of all of his different perfect circle. Projects. Uh, perfect circle. I do know. Like I've I've heard that name. Yeah. You know? So a perfect circle is a combination of two of my very favorite bands because it is the lead singer from Tool and the guitarist for Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. And uh, and so I've got a Smashing Pumpkins symbol back here. Yeah. And I've got Soundgarden up here. Wow, it's man. The Soundgarden, Bad Motorfinger. That's R- cool. R.I.P. R.I.P. to a lot of them. I was about to say Alice in Chains. Yeah. Chris Cornell. But my next one is I actually want to get this T-shirt tattooed on. Should do it on the the back. So like the whole front. Like this this is exactly where it would sit. You know, I've already like my whole chest is already taken. (laughs) Yeah, do it on the back. Just going to lower it down or just the whole back? I want to see if I could do it on my lower arm here. That'd be cool, man. Yeah. That'd be very cool. You um, So... In regards back to just segueing back to just cosmetics and stuff, we're talking, we have a lot of people that come into our store, Dan, and um, when they, let's say they get like, um, they all have like kind of this vision. It's been fun to watch people transform and believe in themselves in a way that they honestly hadn't prior and see these results. But there are a select few that are, are honestly disappointed in you know, let's say um, someone loses 100 pounds or 50 pounds, but they have a number in their mind of they really wanted to get to this number on the scale. And, um, you know, along the way they learn, you know, muscle and fat and the body fat ratio, all that stuff has a lot to play with how you're going to look in the mirror when you get to this number. But when a lot of people get to a certain weight, they're unhappy with how that weight looks still. Um, What would you say to somebody as far as like, let's say, um, there's, you know, I've heard the phrases, mommy makeovers, um, people who have had drastic weight loss. And so they have all this excess skin. What do these kind of procedures look like as far as what you're doing? And then are, are people typically honestly satisfied with the results as far as their afters go? 
So that, that's a really great question, and I think it'll also make a, a good segue into some of your other patients or your clients that come in here that actually become my patients. Sure. So, um, so if someone loses an excessive amount of weight, let's say you know they first of all we know that rapid weight loss is not good for you, right? Because we're we're first thing we're doing is we're just stealing muscle. Right mm-hmm. when we lose it too fast, but statistics it, it, show hard on the heart as well. They're almost guaranteed to gain the, gain the weight back. Right. So there is there is a um, you know certain population of people right that if they fall behind right so if they, if they just come in and they've lost over a hundred pounds right I can't do anything for them. So if they've got big you know, literally flabby arms from losing 100 to 150 pounds. They have to get skin is, removal. Which they have to get skin removal, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was that's asking a, that's about. A pretty gru- that's a pretty gruesome procedure. But I have seen people come to me after that because they're unhappy with their scars. And then I would use radiofrequency microneedling to actually get help and, and laser to help get rid of the scars. However, if someone is going through the weight loss process, Right. So I, I take a, a comprehensive approach. Right. So you guys probably don't want to hear this, be, but, you know, I offer uh, Ozempic. Uh, it's the most popular drug in the world. However, I am not a shot clinic. Right. So every person that comes in for weight loss, you're right. If You're going to gain the weight back if you don't take the proper steps. Right. So. I'm going to screen everyone and try to draw their blood to see if they are, they, all I need to do is screen someone to see if they're a candidate for bioidentical hormone therapy. So I do a lot of that for you guys here. Mm-hmm. You know, the front desks have my cards and, you know, if someone comes in looking for testosterone, the idea is that they're going to refer them to me because, and not to like a gym rat, you know, because I can manage them medically. Right. So weight people that come in for weight loss, I'm going to talk to them about a lot of things to to make them successful, both to keep the weight off, but also for the things that you want to talk about, which are cosmetic things, right? So um, try to do bioidentical hormones, which we can talk about after this. Um, I will try to get them to come here because I want them to get a, a biometric you know, evaluation and talk to someone here at Supplement Superstore about um, nutrition, um, I, I think I'm, I might have not asked this question good enough. I'm talking about if somebody yeah. already had a drastic amount of weight loss, oh. what's the procedure they should get? And then why make, why skin removal is brutal. Right. You know, cause I, I think, like I said, okay. we have a lot of customers who are just unhappy with the way they look. And I, and of course, like there's a lot of variables that play into that. Right. But they just have an idea of how they were going to look in their mind when they right. got to this result. Right. And that's when I feel like you're going to see a lot more of those people coming into your doors to be like, I tried to do it the diet and exercise way fully and I'm, I'm, I'm just still unhappy with how this looks in the mirror. What can we do here? Right. And it seems like a lot of it is skin removal, but what makes that procedure brutal? And then like, well, how can we combat that? And are people typically right. psyched about the result? So with what's, what is brutal about skin removal is that they have to undergo general anesthesia and it, typically involves like let's say it's the back of your arms you got to excise i mean you're gonna have an incision tons i mean almost all surgery is involving this right right okay they have to have drains to prevent fluid accumulation there's higher risk of infection they typically they 
everyone that I have seen in my office that has had a procedure like that, none of them are, it, it's like they, they, they can't see the forest through the trees, right? The reality is that it is successful because their arms are like a third of the size that they were before their surgery, but now all they can focus on is this scar that's not perfect. Right. Is and it, then they're unhappy about it. Or it's not going to be perfectly even because what are you going to do? You just took off like 10 pounds of fat, right? And so now and so the scar is a little jagged. Right. With okay, this, so just you, imperfection bottom line. And they're just focusing on the imperfection. Correct. If okay. you think about it, you know, when, when somebody is is large, their skin is stretching out. Is that stretching process? And when you get rid of the, the excess skin, because you're basically taking somebody's arm who, you know, was originally a third of the size that it was before they had the surgery, is the skin um, compromised at that point? Like, is it is it damaged the, the quality of the, the elastin, skin? The elastin, the collagen. Oh, sure. Yeah, the so, oh, sure. sure. So, if... So... I can do, and I think where I was driving at earlier in just a much more roundabout way is that, so whether they've, if they've already lost a ton of weight and had the surgery, right, or if I can catch them in the beginning when they are losing the weight, then the answer is I will put them on an oral collagen to, which helps. I have an oral collagen product that will actually um, stimulate the body to start making collagen again. Um, use the M sculpt and M face, right? To try to keep things tight in the, um, on the muscular level with M sculpt. M face can keep up with tightening the face, the skin, and the muscle because when you get a lot of weight loss, you are going to lose the deep fat pads in the face, and then people are not happy with the appearance of their face. Right. So the M sculpt can address that, but the, and when it comes to extremities, um, using radio frequency microneedling, as they are losing the weight to keep up with tightening the skin, helps a lot. And they'll need a series of you know probably ongoing treatments, but call it. We always we always do like a start with like you're going to need a minimum of three, you know. And if it was you know if it was like one of you guys or Valerie. You know, I would say three treatments. If it's someone who's, you know, in their 60s, I'm going to tell them right up front, you're going to need six treatments because we want to have realistic expectations. Right? Mm-hmm. If someone comes in and they've already lost 150 pounds and they haven't had anything done yet, you know, I don't want to make empty promises to people. So I would have no issue if someone's got these giant flabby arms from a 100-pound weight loss. I would say you need, I think you would be a good candidate for plastic surgery, but then I still need you to come back to see me so that we can treat the skin right you know it we need to reverse skin sounds, age wherever sounds like, it may be yeah it just seems like there's so much more um involvement it's everything's just a lot more intense than i think people anticipate is that a common theme as far as when people walk in the door it just it feels like to me i know i'm just projecting that but it just feels like everything seems like it's way more in depth and more involved than they were anticipating everybody thinks they can come in and get a couple of things done and it's like in and out you know the kind of the Amazon prime mindset of like, I can just get what I need right now. One and, and done. It's, yeah. And it's like, no, this is going to be over, you know, six months to a year. It's going to take this many procedures and, and the results aren't going to be perfect. Right. And people are still signing up though, you know, but you know, this is just a common theme for my fiance. And I would ask, is it this true for your office as well? And that people come in all the time and 
have just unbelievably um, high expectations for something that are more or less, more or less unrealistic. Um, she says she has, you know, someone coming in, let's say let's 300 pound uh, female who is like holding up a photo of Kim Kardashian. Like, I want to look just like this. And like, I don't care what it costs. And you're just like, there's literally no way that's going to, that's just not going to happen. You know, and she has to have a lot of these kind of hard conversations with people mm-hmm. where it's like, that's just not how this works. Fortunately, I don't encounter a lot of that. Okay. If anything, I think it's it it's more the other way around, right? Which is people are looking for one and done. Not and not everybody. It's I mean, there's a mix, but I sure. don't see a lot of what you're describing. We'll see people that come in and they know they want things done. But they don't. They don't know what it is. Sure. Right? And I, I see a mix of you know some people because we do want to lay out a realistic plan for them and and a lot and oftentimes like you're alluding to that could be a three six month plan or or a year over the course of a year and you want to set realistic expectations and some people are like oh my god I had no idea I thought we were just I thought you could just do some Botox and some filler and that would be it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they might not even know what Botox is for. I mean, which is really surprising. Um, and then, uh, uh, other, you know, some people are just like, great, sign me up. I get it, whatever it takes. Let's just do it. You know, and, and other people, you know, you can give them a proposal that could be thousands of dollars and they're like, Oh, I have $400 budget. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's, but they have no idea they've yeah. never they've never been in sure you, know? you gotta, for you gotta people, shop it once at yeah. least you know to figure it out yeah. where do you uh where do you think the the majority of like the insecurity in america is coming from do you think it comes from like social media? social media yeah yeah for sure because it was it was around you know prior to that in in magazines were like the the ones that were attacked but now it seems like social media is the one that's that's attacked the most for it um do you think that, you know, it's getting better or it's getting worse? Like, you know, I do see pages now where it's like, you know, people are coming out and saying, you know, they do the, which this is also attention seeking, but they'll be like, you know, Instagram versus reality, you know, and they'll show basically different sides of themselves. They won't always show themselves in perfect pictures. Yeah. Girls who are, it's a new way of like uh, trying to get attention, but it, yeah, it's, it is. it's just saying like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be perfect all the time either. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we're all human. Um, I think that's cool. I think it's really refreshing when you do see celebrities that that actually come out and say what you're talking about. Totally. Um, I think you know. I know from having uh, twin teenage daughters um, and seeing what happens in the high schools that this issue is not getting better. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, I can only there's, imagine. There's, I got two uh, daughters. I'm worried about that. There's teenage. Like you know, teenage suicide is. Never been higher. We, never been higher. And I mean, I, when I was in high school and we didn't have social media, we never, never heard about all the issues that we're hearing about. I know. I just want to keep my basis. kids off social what's, media. What's strange forever. about it is, though, it's like, <laughs> but like, here's what's kind of, you know, this is all just from the hip, but um, it seems to me that it's like, you know, we had a lot. It's like, it's, it's weird how this works. When there wasn't social media, there was a ton more bullying. There was a ton more people being like openly, um, you know, openly like racist or prejudice or, you know what I'm saying? Like people were not afraid to just like uh, call people names that you would never call people. I feel like to this day, whenever I was growing up and it felt very acceptable in school. And then it's like, all these people are super on edge about like what you say, but no one's on edge about what you post. 
Does that make sense? So it's like we had tons of bullying <laughs> growing up. And I know there's like bullying now, but it's not nearly, I feel like, the same kind of bullying that we have to this day. Does that make sense? Mm, I don't know if I agree with you. I yeah, don't no, either. I, don't. Yeah, That's right. I think it's worse think because it's you, can, worse you can bully somebody so easy now and you don't have to be so in front is, of them. And this is in quotes, cyberbullying. Yeah, right? but if you can't, but that's what's but leading to the depression and the suicide. But if you don't post, how do they cyber bully you? What are you talking about? Kids don't even post. Like, like my little sister doesn't even. She thinks Instagrams for nerds. She just Snapchats yeah. and like does Gab and stuff like that. What is Gab? It's like a messaging thing. Gotcha. Yeah. They, was, she, no, well, so again, on Snapchat, too. it's like, how do you yeah. get bullied if no one sees your public comments? Bro, because they'll take a picture of somebody and just blast it out to a lot of people and it might be an embarrassing picture and be like, sure. look at this nerd. Sure. You know, like, I so don't know. I'm, not a, looks, I'm not a little kid, but I can imagine. Bullying looks different. <laughs> oh. I mean, but I, I think it's worse because it's like it, face to face. If somebody gets bullied, they have the option of punching them in the face. If you get it bullied while you're about to go to sleep and this picture goes out all over the Internet, it's like, what are you supposed to do? With oh, that? no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm thinking about like just the insecurities and stuff coming from the comparison game of social media versus um, insecurities more from people just pointing and saying shit when you were growing up because you didn't have it online. I'm just saying like bullying looks different, I feel like. Are you seeing moms bringing in their daughters to your office to have procedures done at younger ages because of the Kylie Jenners of the world that were getting procedures done when they were 16? Honestly, not. Um, well, in, so in fact, that is refreshing. Yeah, it yeah. is. When I was in high school, I remember there would be girls that would get like boob jobs at like 17 sometimes. What? Yeah. You know, even my tattoo artist will not. Uh, one, one of my kids, uh, she has an eating disorder and she wants eating disorder awareness tattoo. And, um, and I, and I told her she had to wait till she was 18, but I, but I thought it was, at least it's a good tattoo. It's right. got meaning. And my tattoo artist even said, nope, we will not tattoo anyone under 18, even with an adult present. We won't do it. And, you know, certainly you have to be 18 to sign your own consent. Um, I think the youngest, youngest, uh, girls that I've had come in for anything, uh, cosmetic is, I think it's 22, maybe 21, but 22. And I have had, uh, a few moms tell me, Oh, my daughter wants to come in and get her lips done. I'm, but I really don't, I don't want her to, or I'm not paying for it because I'm not going to support her doing it. Even you know, one of my daughters wanted lip filler and I told her absolutely not. Man, tons done back there. And it's just like, uh, there's so much good that obviously that, you know, the office does that you, you guys deal on a daily basis, but it's crazy how that, that gray area of just like what, what is now acceptable, right? What are we, what are we teaching kids here and so forth? Oh, and it, I mean, it worries me every day because I mean, especially having a, you know, a teenage daughter who's, who has an eating disorder, I've always worried about, you know, what they think about what I do and, you know, is it amplifying their own insecurities insecurities or yeah. awareness and um fortunately it hasn't I, not that i'm i'm not aware of any negative repercussions but i'm also like make sure that i spin things the correct way and one of my daughters is very interested in aesthetics and in skincare and so i would i would support her going to esthetician school if she wants to do that and, and come work for me but even one of my other daughter my other daughter who the other twin was, you know, said something about her lips being thin or whatever. And I was, best thing I can do is just give positive reinforcement. I'm like, you do not have thin lips. I was like, you have perfect, perfect shape, gorgeous lips. 
Right. You know, and and just being so because you should never with a teenager ever talk to them about body image or weight ever. You know, even if they're eating unhealthy. I, and there's a lot of this that I've learned from going to therapy with my daughter. Sure. For to get through. I feel like uh, a lot of that is is modeling it yourself in front of them. So like Absolutely. my ki- let my kids watch me exercise. My mm-hmm. kids are little meatheads. They eat, you know, beef and rice every night essentially. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they kind of grow up if they and I I don't have experience with teenagers cuz I'm sure that's going to be a whole new level. It, like my theories could very easily go out the window, but I'm <laughs> hoping that if I continue to do that through their teenage years, they'll, you know, want to get in the gym with me. They'll want to, you know, continue to eat well. And how do you deal, handle that whenever they don't? That's a good question, right? I kick them out. Kick well, them out, disown them. The amount of like parents heard, I know that like, you know, I really wanted my kid to like love football as much as I did and they don't like sports. I'm not, I don't hold on to any of that. They're their own people. Sure. So. Well, maybe I mean, they I do. Maybe want, they don't. I always want a kid to play football, right? Yeah. And I end up having three daughters, and there, you know, there's so much that I could have done with a son. But you know, I had three daughters. I don't even think about that. Right. The fact that I don't have any boys. I just this is my life, and you know, one of them, one of them snowboards with me. Um, it, but you, you become a girl dad. Mm-hmm. Right? Man, I was almost a girl dad. Then we accidentally had a third. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a boy. That's good. Uh, Surprise, I want to ask you. I want to ask you this, uh, since we were talking about celebrities earlier. What the hell does Jennifer Aniston do? Because isn't she like fifty something? And her she, and J Lo, the ageless wonders. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's the one where I look at her. I'm like, she looks the same as she did on Friends. I think she sleeps in a cryo chamber. Is that what's night. going on? Yeah, I don't know, but I she's think they, I think she's got whatever deep freeze. She's got whatever figured out because it's like she looks the same. Dude, look up. I, who, all right. This is a good one for uh, our, our listeners. Who has aged better, Jennifer Lopez or Jennifer Aniston? Because I feel like Jennifer Lopez is like the gold standard. Waiting for tonight. Whoa. Is that her? Come on, dude. You know J-Lo. Sing a little bit more of it. Maybe I'll get it. Keep you going. Know it. <laughs> you know it. There's I love how there's song. a side-by-side already. Oh, God. Jennifer Lopez wins that one. That side by side. Yeah, that it. side by side is. How about that one? I mean, dude, J Lo's fifty. Uh, which which one's older? Man, I mean, J Lo, you you're right. J- oh, she's look 54. at her skin, dude. Man, she's been sitting in. She's been getting the the what's the machine called again? M face, M sculpt. Oh, yeah, both fifty four, dog. Oh, we really nailed this. 54 years old, both of them. I mean, that's just incredible. I think that uh, Jennifer Lopez has the advantage with the ethnicity. Is that what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Latina skin. Latina yep. skin is a real thing. Yep. Better skin. That is yeah. true. That yeah. is true. You I know think, what? I think, I think J-Lo wins. I'm just saying, dude. I'm not saying they, they're both beautiful women. They're both incredible women. Uh, but, yeah, just wild how they can just completely not age. We had a... Our friend Jeremy Meyer, who's got some Polynesian skin on him, he was in here, um, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and uh, he owns a gym. A little on him. I was, what's that? <laughs> the way he said that was funny. Yeah, he's just, I'm like, I've been saying this to Jeremy, like, since I met him. I'm like, dude, you just don't age. It's incredible. The only thing that's ever aged on him is just, like, his beard's a little grayer. Yeah, that's true. You're like, man, unbelievable. I don't think it necessarily takes, like, celebrity-type funding to make that happen. I mean... Um, 
I probably look, I mean, I'm about to turn 50, and I probably look younger than I did 10 years ago by taking care of myself better. Sure. You know, I stopped drinking, you know, I exercise, I eat healthy, um, and I started doing, you know, uh, just a good skincare regimen um, when I got into this business. And, you know, and I have some of the procedures done, you know, like I sure. like to say, hey, I practice what I preach. You know, I will let people know my age when they're in the office because no one can believe what my real age is. Um, but, you know, like I do some Botox because, you know, Bot- Botox can... Brotox, if you will. Some Botox. <laughs> that, um, you know, can help prevent future fine lines and wrinkles, mm-hmm. but it can also smooth out the ones that you have. I've, I've got a little cheek filler because I had, you know, some volume loss. Um, and I do radio frequency microneedling um, to, you know, to help help the skin overall and M sculpt and now that I have it, Valerie was just asking me yesterday, she's like, why why do you keep doing the M sculpt? She's like, like, what else is there? She's like, you don't need to do M sculpt. What else are we sculpting? The the biceps you were saying. I'm like, why would biceps? I have it. Why would you just keep going, I guess. Yeah. Get what's another twenty thousand setups. Yeah. You know (laughs) what I mean? You can always I guess you can never have too much going on in the muscle department. Abs can always be better. (laughs) That's true. Well stated. That's true. What do you got that uh, could help Jeff? Jeff's going, he's got some male pattern baldness. He's got the horseshoe is happening mm-hmm. in his head. Do you have anything that helps with that? Kyle, so, Kyle's actually got more balding going on than me. No, he's I just don't. Being, he's just being courteous. It's, it's not, it's, it's I don't not have this. It's not that cold in here. Kyle. I don't have that. Yeah, it's back. not that cold in here, Kyle. I don't have that in the back. Oh, I'm thinning on the crown. <laughs> so It's his I number actually, one source of, uh, you know. He gets mad at me for saying I'm that. not mad at him at all. That's totally so, true. So I'm one of the first. I'm 35 years old. It's like yeah. relatively normal to just be like thinning your hair there at that age. Well, it's the right time to catch it. Yeah, it is the right time to catch yeah. it. Let's catch it. So I'm, I'm one of the first people in the country to do stem cell hair restoration treatment. Let's go. So it's a, it's a non, I've actually done it on uh, someone that works for you guys. Oh, no kidding. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was public. So I did on Blake. Okay. Um, and um, I've got some pretty crazy uh, before and after pictures of him. Um, it's a non-invasive treatment. Sure. You just come in. It's a use plant-based stem cells, um, ultrasounded into the scalp. It takes about 10 minutes. Um, and then there's a daily treatment that you do, just a serum. Um, and hair growth. the hair growth process starts in about 10 days. Um, and the treatments are at months one, two, three, and six. It's super easy instead of like hair transplant or... PRP injections into the scalp, which are super painful. And so I did Blake's month two treatment on a Wednesday. And then I went, came in to get some supplements that Saturday. So three days later, and I walked in and I like jumped back. I was like, whoa, dude. I was like, that hair was not there on Wednesday. And he was like, I know. It's like My wife was like freaking out about it. I mean, and I was like, I got to get a picture. I'll have to, I'll show you guys a picture, but it's. That's pretty incredible, it, it's, man. It's so, pretty incredible. So stem cell. And he started growing hair where I didn't think he would be able to grow hair. Got it. So. Um, what was I going to say? He needs more days off so that he can come in and do more treatments. But do you have to <laughs> start it before you're completely bald? That's a, that's a great question. So if you have a longstanding shiny bald spot, then it that means the follicles are dead right and you're not going to be able to grow hair where you have a dead where you have a dead follicle but the 
the, the main issues are the follicle loses the strength to hold onto the hair, the diameter of the hair gets smaller, and each follicle can actually grow up to four hairs. But if you're thinning or balding, you're, you only have one thin hair per follicle growing. So even if there's a mix of dead follicles in an area, um, and we do the process, if you think about it, anywhere where there is hair or a derm, dormant follicle, we can increase you, we can quadruple the thickness of your hair. Hmm. That's pretty wild. You know, they say bald is beautiful. Valerie, you, you agree with this? Um, yeah. So there you go, Jeff. There you go. You don't have to worry about you it. Just keep that beard well, and you'll be fine. I can tell you Hannah does not mind uh, me having a bald head. I can I can already say that. So I'm not really worried about it, to be honest. That's good. There you go. I, yeah. I wouldn't be either. I mean, a bald head and a mustache would be a good look for you. I agree, man. I'm honestly just waiting for it to happen naturally. Um <laughs> I'm excited for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, what I can't decide is if I'll keep the sides, you know, if I'll just go straight George Costanza. You should do like a skullet. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I like Tall that. On top and then long. On the sides because, only? Yeah. you know, people don't know unless you take Big. your hat off that you don't just have sweet long hair. Big yeah. Earn from uh, Kingpin is actually uh-huh. the, what I'm looking for. If you could just <laughs> give me that real quick. The giant flop over. Yeah, dude. Big Earn. Just mm-hmm. type in Big Earn. Just like it sounds images dude your hair is too thick if you if you go bald it would be the one like to the right of that the one to the, on the right side. of that that's what i'm talking about oh yeah <laughs> all right the comb over needs to be just like that there's no there's never been a better comb over when it comes to um just the whole med spa uh, sector right where do you feel like the future is uh, i know we've we've talked a little bit about ozempic we're you know, is this something that's going to, you think, increase in popularity or is this something that it's it's hitting its peak and it's going to start to level off? It's only increasing in popularity. Um, it, there, oh, there was a big demand issue with that increase in popularity. Is that also true? There is. Um, Not enough supply, like, I mean. Correct. Sorry. Yeah. Um, supply chain issues are real. I'm, I'm lucky because um, I'm a certified medical provider for a bioidentical hormone company. And so the farm, their pharmacy that compounds uh, the hormones for me compounds uh, the Ozempic. So you never run out is what you're saying. I never run out. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, that's lucky. a real issue. If you're, a, you yeah. know, if you were to start this process of Ozempic and you were start to take this and then you know, let's just, let's get down to it. What is Ozempic for our listeners? Because we've talked about it in previous podcasts, mm-hmm. but um, help them with as far as just how this works in the body. And then what I was going to say was, is just when you have a supply issue, um, it's important that you get your injections of this, you know, on a regular basis. And if you run out, you don't have any, you're not getting the result. Well, yeah, that's why it goes back to lifestyle modification. Right. And set people up for failure. So Ozempic and Wagobi are the exact same drug. And uh, Wagovi, Wagovi. It's just it's, higher dose in Wagovi. Right? No, it's actually the same. It's the exact same thing. They are both semaglutide, mm-hmm. and they are in a category of medication called a GLP one agonist. Um, Ozempic is the trade name that the, they have different trade names for insurance purposes for people who can get it covered by insurance. So Ozempic is for diabetics, and Wagovi is designated for weight loss. Mm-hmm. It is the exact same drug, but they just have different criteria for people to meet for insurance purposes. So basically the way they work is that they slow the stomach from emptying, for one, so that you feel full sooner. So you don't have to physically fill your stomach to feel full. 
So, and that, that happens by a couple different processes. One, it slows the stomach from emptying, but it also works on the hypothalamus of the brain. And the hypothalamus is like the control center for eating. It's think of it like the on off switch, right? So it's what reminds us to eat. It tells us to snack. It causes hunger pains during the day, right? So the medication actually modifies that, that center in the hypothalamus. So it, when people eat it, they get a signal from the brain that just tells them that they are full. Um, and, and then it shuts off the, the desire uh, and cravings to have snacks. So what I tell people is that, you know, we need to utilize this time. It also, it also um, helps with um, insulin secretion, right? So we do get the effect of lowering the hemoglobin A1C. So it's, it's very healthy in that regard. So we, um, what I tell people is that we need to use this opportunity while losing the weight to make lifestyle modifications, right? So to take the, the cues that when you are satisfied or full, that you stop eating. Because while you're on the medication, it, it's not going to feel good. So like, you know, now, like if you're eating like your favorite uh, type of pizza and you're full, but you're really enjoying it, you're going to still eat another one or two pieces, right? That's what Americans do. However, you're not, that's not going to feel good. Like you're just not going to want to do that while on the medication. So you just need to retrain your brain that when you get those cues that you're satisfied that you just, you're done eating, right? And it breaks the bad habits of snacking throughout the day and snacking at night. Sounds way easier said than done there. I mean, like to have somebody retrain their brain while also paying for something to make the weight loss easier Seems very, um, I don't know, um, contrasting beliefs. Okay, you would think so, but it also, you know, that's why, like, I want to keep a close eye on people. You know, I want them to follow up with me semi-regularly. You know, I I will only give people two months of injections at a time to take home because I want them to come back in and make sure they're on the right track. Um, But you would be surprised that... um, when you start to lose the weight, and so let, let's say you don't exercise and you don't make good food choices, right? I'm on your team with this, Dan, but I'm, 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 only, I'm only like challenging you on this because right. it's like I've, I've lost weight over 60 pounds five times. So, so when I lose yeah. this weight, um, it's awesome when the momentum is going in your direction and you're taking the injections mm-hmm. and you're seeing all this progress. But when they're done taking the injections and they have to um, do this without the superpower help, Right. Um, are they going to have the same momentum? Are they going to have the same self-belief? Are they going to, because it's not going to happen overnight, right? They're not going to just all of a sudden go revert completely back to how they were prior. So what made, what made you fail? Because you are in the health oh, industry. Con- continuously fail. Not just fail yeah. once, but fail like five times. Yeah. Um, typically because I'm doing it for uh, external validation, I would say it would be a good, easy, fast you know, answer. Um, doing it because I am doing a program or a part of a, you know, it's something with a timeline, right? We're getting right. in shape for a vacation, not getting healthy for life. Right. right? Um, and so if I have a, des- a destination to the look that I'm trying to achieve or the weight that I'm trying to achieve, um, it's not really triggering the behavior that you need to have for a lifetime. Right. So, right. um, the last time I did, um, a really good, um, consistent weight loss, 
um, was not me trying to lose weight. It was just me trying to control my moderation as far as mm-hmm. how I eat because I've always been so extreme one way or the other. I've done keto. Keto was the biggest one that created the terrible habits for me, I would say, because the eating is so different, right? Right. To go just completely cutting out an entire, car, uh, you know, um, macronutrient <laughs> is uh, not sustainable long-term, typically for most people, right? And other people that can, but uh, just, you know, I do like carbs, so... Uh, bottom line, I would say there, yeah, there's a multitude of factors, but at the end of the day, it's like, you're not doing it with the interest of, I want to make sure I'm doing this for life. Uh, if you can't do it for, you know, an extended period of time, it shouldn't be something that you try to practice, I think. Yeah. So with Ozempic, it's just like, um, it seems like it can get you a really great jump start. You know, my fiance has asked me, do you want to do Ozempic? I said, absolutely not. I'm not because I'm afraid to just simply that I think I'm sending myself the wrong message personally, but mm-hmm. that's just my personal belief. I think it's everyone, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's responsible for keep, you know, for what, how they treat themselves, for, for how they treat themselves, Yeah, you know? And, um, I know that, but you're I, saying that people are sticking the weight off after taking it. They're, they're, they're keeping the weight off after taking it. It's the same thing as like, if they take a supplement and they lose that weight, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I don't it's, disagree it's at purely, all. it's purely based on. I, I personally believe when it comes to weight loss that it's it's a lot about the people they're surrounded with. So the the culture that they go home to, like are their friends and family like trying to put them in bad situations all the time? You know, do they eat and drink on the weekend like a like a pig? You know, um, are they working out on a regular basis? All of those factors go into it, which is what makes me think that those Olympic craze. If I had to guess, obesity will continue to climb. And Ozempic will help some people. And mm-hmm. I think that it might help some people long-term. It might, uh, you know, it might cause some people to, to have a roller coaster, just similar to like what, you know, certain supplements do. It's really about building out the infrastructure and creating the, the habits, the Behavior lifestyle changes, yeah. um, that makes it to where somebody wants to continue down that path after they're done taking, you know, Ozempic or a supplement or anything else that somebody's going to use for weight loss. That's the, that's the main problem there is that like the Americans look for the quick fix and they find it a lot of times. And then, you know, I call it the finish line effect. People, you know, they're going on vacation, they're going to Cancun and they're like, man, I just got to keep going until I get, you know, until I get married, until I go to Cancun, until I do this. Mm -hmm. And then once Once that happens, it's like the Mm -hmm. freaking floodgates open. It's like, I can be a sloppy, you know, sloppy pig again, you know, and then what they've done during that time is they've reduced their, you know, metabolic capacity because they've been eating low, low, low calories. And then they're like, ah, oh, finally. And then they start eating double the amount of calories. And they're like, holy, I'm putting weight metabol- on like crazy. Their yeah. Their metabolism sucks. sucks. My, my answer to you is that no, I'm, I, I am definitely not proclaiming that people take their Ozempic come off and the weight just stays off. What I typically see is people that stop, they disappear, mm-hmm. and I don't ever. I don't. I don't know what happens to them. They're living in shame, right? <laughs> probably, probably. That's just the truth. Um, I have. I have a lot of people who just stay on it, and um, and then I have some people who um, they stop and then they come back in, and because they're like, for whatever reason, like I, I just want to lose. You know, I gained five pounds back. I want to. You know, and it could be like two months later. Four months later, yeah, it could be their form they, of maintenance, if you they will. They just want to, they just want to, you know, a little tune up. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when people actually ask, like, so what happens when I lose the weight I want to lose? Can I just stop? I would rather see them wean down 
right to make sure that they can control themselves because i mean like you said i mean i think if you if you just cut if you're on cold a, turkey you're on like a high that. dose and you just cut cold turkey you know then you you do you're right you got no metabolism and you're gonna start eating like crazy yeah kyle, I, and kyle said it too we when we're in the store we just had you know we've had several weight loss you know clients over the years and um we're like, you know what, what happens when i stop taking it though and it's like well it just really depends on your habits that you're trying to create right um, there's products that we carry that make it very easy to stick to a, a, um, a more strict meal plan because they have things out there that can kill your cravings, things out there that make, um, your, you know, keep your energy high, even though you're getting in less calories. And so it's much easier to stick to a diet and exercise plan when you have those extra help, you know? Um, but that's, you know, like you were saying, why, you know, when somebody's getting on something like that, you either send them into somebody like us or you have a consultation with them. It's because, we all know that there is no magic. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there's things that can help. There's things that can, you know, definitely push you um, down the right path. But like at the end of the day, it's like it has to be a commitment for a long period of time if you want to stay in shape, mm-hmm. you know, and especially things- because there's, you know, McDonald's on every corner. You oh, know, yeah. Uh, drinking is huge in our society. Um you know, in the Midwest, it's never been easier to culture, get into temptation. Culture revolves around yeah, like yeah. going out to eat. If my family comes in town, oh, it's dude. Like, what are we going to do? Or now, dude, 2023, or I mean, for the last five years, uh, now you don't have to go out. You know, isn't like I'm not just getting pizza delivered. I can get, you know, I can get Capital Grill delivered. Yeah. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, you I would never do that. You no. could. Hey, <laughs> but I'm telling you that people do. That sounds like trash. Oh, I know, dude. But I'm Here's saying that, like, start during seventy dollars co- steak in a styrofoam. Well, you know, container. a great example of like we talk about this. No, I'm saying like you can get. Uh, you live out in the sticks, dude. I live downtown. I'm surrounded. You by live a in the sticks, dude. No one wants to go where you live. I literally it's live in the most nightmare. heavily populated area. It's of a Kansas nightmare City. down there. <laughs> I don't disagree on the construction side, but you live in the actual sticks. You live on acreage. I don't even have grass. So do you think? Capital Grill would deliver to me? No, <laughs> but like you might be able to get. I'd like, be like, uh, come on, I'll give you. You a might be able to get tip. like Bristol or something yeah, that's like that. True. Um, all I'm getting at is you can just get anything delivered. It's never been easier to get whatever you want, whatever you want it. Yeah, so people can, you know, I can get twenty thousand abs or twenty thousand crunches. I can get twenty thousand oh. crunches today. That's true. This is incredible. That's, I'm really that's, hoping that's drive-through that, service. That's yeah. not. That's not delivery. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do a stop by. You actually, it's a pickup. <laughs> but at the end of the day, dude, it's just yeah. Um, it's all about the habit change. Let's get back to, um, you know, are you are you following through on the lifestyle changes that you actually want to have for your life? Right, uh, can't be a destination. And so, what? I, yeah, I just fear that with the Ozempic craze of people are, you know, I'll figure it out later, but I want these results now. So that's why I really like to pair it with hormone therapy, mm-hmm. you know, because what people don't understand is that for men or women, testosterone makes the world go round for us, you know. So everything that happens to us as we're getting older that we just say this just sucks because I'm getting older, it's testosterone deficiency. So in that, you know, that. That's in, why I'm balding? That includes. I just need to increase my testosterone? No, if you. I know, I'm just giving you crap. Go other ahead, way around. But other way you know, around. It's, it's that's right. If but you do too much, it's uh, <laughs> sex. You know, sex drive, sleep, brain fog, focus. You know, um, emotional stability. We need testosterone to lose the visceral abdominal fat, which is the fat that's inside the abdomen. We need it to gain lean muscle mass. Um, so, and there's a lot of other health benefits. But so, when it comes to pairing it with weight loss. Um, especially energy and sleep. So it is absolutely the direct cure for lack of energy. It is directly testosterone related, right? So if you got somebody that's overweight 
one, they're going to feel better as they lose the weight. But if we can optimize their testosterone, they can have more energy to work out to, even if it's just the energy to like take walks at the end of the day, which a lot of people just struggle with being able to do anything, get a good night's sleep, all these things that increases your success. So not only does it just help turn back the clock and make you feel better, but it can increase the chances of success with weight loss too. What's your take on, um, so, you know, 300 is kind of looked at as like anything below that is, you know, what you would recommend for TRT. Is that correct? No. Where do you, where do you start? So, well, first of all, I do, you know, I do bioidentical hormones, so it's all natural, right? It's plant-based because, um, plant-based molecules can be used to recreate the identical hormones that we do. And I do pellet therapy. So it lasts for five months in men and four months in women, right? So what you're talking about would be a reference range. And this is like yeah. the biggest hurdle to hormone therapy it are primary care doctors mm-hmm. and, and, and OBs for women, right? So all the reference range is, is the average lab value. So let's say we take a... 40-year-old man, right, and they've got a, a testosterone level of 300, and that's normal reference range. That reference range, all that means is that that is the average testosterone level for every 40-year-old man in Kansas City. Right. Mm-hmm. What if every 40-year-old man in Kansas City feels like crap? Right. The reference range doesn't mean anything. It's certainly right? not ideal. So right. hey, what's the ideal testosterone I've, range? Right? I've always... Okay, well, there is, there is an ideal range. That's right? what I'm saying. Like so, 300 is an ideal. Right. An optimized... 2000's ideal, an but that's op- super physiological. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're, you're close because an, an optimized... And this is all through studies. Sure. An optimized testosterone level for a man is 1,100 to 1,300. And for a woman, it's 150 to 250. So... I feel like that's a that's a 14-year-old a boy's range, probably. So the labs don't... The labs don't mean anything. Um Essentially, if you if you walk through my door to look into it, you're a candidate because it means that you have an issue. Right. Right. So whatever it is, you can't sleep, you know, you you, you don't have energy, whatever it may be, you're you're definitely a candidate. And so all the all the labs do is guide my dosage. Yeah, I've always with with the reference ranges, I've always thought in my head, well, you know, what if somebody's had a nine hundred level their whole life and then it drops down to 400 they're not technically low testosterone but that person's going to feel quite a bit different than the person that maybe has always had 400 and then drops to like 275 yeah they're going to notice a little bit of difference but yeah, it's not it's a near drastic change big. for somebody who sits right. at 900 yeah but there are people who have like had these issues like their whole life right um because i've treated people that are in their early 20s um who knew that like they have a family history of it and they knew their testosterone was low with these or, people. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Well, I'm saying with these cut with these clients or is there body development issue uh, to go along with it? Or is it all just, you know, how they're feeling? It's all how they're feeling. I mean, I certainly have guys that, that come in because, you know, they want to, be more jacked. They want to be more jacked because it, I mean, it definitely. I was it, just thinking it, if you it, had a higher, you know, lower testosterone or higher estrogen as a male, you'd have like more, um, you know, female development on your body, like guys with man boobs. Or Gynecomastia. Yeah. I mean, something along those lines. So I don't know all the, all the terminology. Moobs. Yeah. <laughs> the Costanza man bro. Yeah. <laughs> 
the bro. What was the other one? But uh, but um, so we actually have to monitor when when we give testosterone. Um, testosterone can get converted to estradiol, which is a form of estrogen, and it can also get converted to DHT. So the DHT is what can cause hair loss, uh, facial hair growth in women, or acne. Um, and so I put everyone on a supplement called DIM-SGS, and that helps to wow. mitigate those risks by making sure the testosterone is metabolized down the proper pathway to come, become free testosterone. Um, we Typically, if someone's estrogen gets too high, the symptoms that will go along with that are typically nipple tenderness or becoming overly emotional, turning into a woman. Mm-hmm. Turning into a woman. I think bearded ladies are on the, you know, they're on the rise. Are you getting people that are coming in asking for the beards? Beard. No, they're asking me to get rid of their beards with oh. a blazer. <laughs> Talk to me about this. All right. I want to I want to ask you one last surgical question. What is the um, trend? Or not, I guess I shouldn't say it's a trend, but just what is the request that you've been getting over the last, let's say, two, two, three years that just surprises the hell out of you that it's like actually has some kind of steam to it, whether it be a weenus removal or something along these lines. Oh. Botox in the junk. I've heard about this. Yeah, do you Botox dongs? Oh, uh, my I, God. I, 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 I do not. I do not. <laughs> what a, it, it what a, a question. It is, a, it is out there, though. <laughs> That's where I, Hey. What it's hot here. Kyle went Woo! there. <laughs> Kyle went there. Yeah, no. no I that, was just, that, yeah. That's a that, that's a real thing. I mean, I wish I could give you like a really entertaining answer about that. That's not the trend that we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. No. What? Oh. Is okay. nothing ever made your just your eyes like wide and like wait what they asked for doing how do what? Man, confidentiality agreements. Uh, I mean, HIPAA <laughs> probably. He's not naming names. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> I had someone wanted me to look at their hemorrhoids. <laughs> Whoa! And I'm just like. I don't do that anymore. You're like, I don't. <laughs> this is a med spot. Let me throw yeah. bo- Botox in these things. But no, like a, a really, <laughs> I, honestly, you know, I think something I'd never thought about before, probably, that I've had a few people bring up is is uh, bra fat. Oh. Like they, they want the fat removed around their bra straps. So okay. Like, um, it's like the sides of their lats. Yeah, kind of like the sides there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So actually, I, I, like have, I have a device. Yeah, we don't think about things like no, this. No, no. Yeah. But I've had it. I have a device that can do it, and so I've done it. Um, I think a super like one of the probably the cooler things that I enjoyed the most was um, I had uh, someone reach out to me about Botox for um, axillary hyperhidrosis, which is excessive armpit sweat. armpit sweat, right? And he said, "Hey, can you do Botox with that?" And I said, "Well, I have something better than that. I've got a." This device called the Agnus, it's a radio frequency microneedle, and I can permanently destroy the sweat glands. And so he came in, I basically just in, you know, inject the armpit with lidocaine and just sit there and you know, you don't feel a thing. We listen to music and I just do a bunch of these little pokes. Um, and and it destroys the sweat glands the same way I can destroy acne on the face. And I saw him at a pool party like two weeks later, and he was like, dude, he's like, I you changed my life. So like I have not sweated since the day of the procedure. And this is a guy who is a friend of mine. I had no idea that he had had this issue since he was 14 years old. Yeah. When he travels, he has to take um, undershirts with him and typically like padded undershirts. 
and take packages with him and throws them away. Um, wow, man! And, you could get um, you could get that in in between your cheeks because you're swass. Oh yeah, yeah. That'd be a good new one, uh, a new customer. Uh, it could be your, you know, we could get You'd a whole like, market Dude, for Dude, you it. have hemorrhoids down here, you know? <laughs> yeah. If I could just perma get rid of swass, you know, life would be different. Life would be better. I wear padded boxers. <laughs> I'm just saying that, dude, hey, on a real level, that's that's awesome that that helped, that helped the guy to that level. Yeah. Like, I can only imagine... Um, having to take that level of care everywhere you go and whatever it is that you're doing because you're just, it's completely running the part of their life. Yeah. So I, I love coming up with new things that, that um, just kind of thinking outside the box and trying to come up with solutions for different things for people. Well, we talked about uh, Botox and your junk. <laughs> what is the drawbacks to this or the positives <laughs> to this? Because you said you don't. Just do very that. interested. Yeah, dude. And is this a length thing or is it a girth thing? Oh my god! It's actually supposed. It's actually supposed to help with people that are having issues. Um, Rectile dysfunction. Just getting, right? hard, just getting hard. Yeah. yeah. How do you know so much about this, Kyle? I don't know. You seem to be uh, <laughs> dude, I I looked over into it. You maybe see, yeah. a lot. <laughs> do I know it costs him? No, I'm just. Yeah. Like, oh, you're jumping cut, cut in. Commercial. You're jumping in. You're jumping in for Dan over here. Yeah. I was asking him. We're like, oh, let me just. Listen, uh, I do have. Let me just chime references. in here. Yeah. Yeah. Was oh. there some danger to this? I feel like that. That's just not something I've heard of yet. Yeah. Um, there's just been like some recent stuff that's come out about it. And, and I read a little bit, you know, I think anytime that um, um, there's, there's not supposed to be a danger to it, but any, you know, I think anytime you're injecting something into the junk, there's, you know, there's always a risk, like even with like Cialis or something sure. of, of people can get um, like where their erection won't go down. And then longer than that, four hours, that call be, that's something surgical emergency. This is a good one to end it on. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> We've now covered the junk, uh, the Botox junk, but now for a more lighthearted question and the question that we always end podcasts with. Um, we talked about eating healthy earlier and why it's important, but this last question is about what do you like to eat that's unhealthy specifically because we're in Kansas City. What's your favorite barbecue spot? I have a different spot for everything I want to eat. Um, I don't. Jeff's going to like this. I don't think well thought out. you can beat a Gates brisket sandwich if it comes out lean. Okay. So to me, that's the best sandwich. That's the best brisket sandwich there is. If it wow. comes out if, lean. If, yeah, I order, what's that mean? You order it lean ass and then they hate you. I didn't know that's a thing. Yeah. Like this is hey, we've asked this question to several, several people, Dan, what is lean ass? Lean ass. Okay. You know, lean ass on the pig. It's, on the, I'm sorry. On the cow. Yeah, I, th I think they're basically like calling me an ass, and yeah. it's, and because I want the sandwich lean, but it's but they they'll you know you like, you know I want a beef and a half, and 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 I want it lean, and they and they'll look at you all, you know cross eyed and turn around and go lean ass, <laughs> you know, so just me you know just a, I mean it's typically I think more towards the end cut where there's just not all that fat hanging off of it, sure because I think a gate sandwich can be the most inedible sandwich in town. Or I think it can be the best, the single best sandwich in town. Fries mm. and sauce, Rosedale's. Man, I'm, I'm old school. Deep cut. Yeah, I've been to Rosedale. Yeah, LCs, burn ends, and beans. Mm. Yeah, man, you agreeing with me? LCs. Okay, yeah. what else you got? You got a pulled pork spot. You know, I'm, 
I can take it or leave it with pulled pork. You're staying away from the trail of the Holy Trinity. It's all, it's all about the beef. No Q39. About, I, I like Q39. I do. No Jack Stack. Um, I like the pulled pork at, at Q39, and I like Q39's ribs. And you're mentioning the fries not at Joe's. I like the fries at Oklahoma Joe's. They've got to have the seasoning on them. Yeah. And I, I, I like – I think the Z-Man has become such a kind of widespread – Thing. I think the Z-Man is great. Uh, Smoky Joe is my favorite. That, from that Sam, I don't know what yeah. that's on that Well, one. so the Smoky Joe is actually chopped. See, I'm getting my pork in there because it's chopped pork and beef in sauce on a bun. Get a, I respect get it. Get a jumbo. So that's, that's, that is actually, that's probably my second favorite sandwich in town. The Smoky Joe. The Smoky Joe. Never even heard of it. I'm Oklahoma a, Joe's. Man. Valerie, what's your answer? For barbecue? Yeah. Um, I mean, I always go for a Z-Man at Joe's. So, and I just, I I like one thing and I stick to it. Zarda sells the Z-Man too and they call it the, I think they just call it the Joe. Yeah, see, that's stupid. Right. Everybody's got to have one. I don't disagree. Well, guys, we genuinely appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you so much for being here. uh, Sorry if we had some inappropriate questions, but you know, you don't know. You gotta, you gotta ask him. I only have inappropriate answers. <laughs> yeah, and most of them I had to keep off the microphone. Yeah, no sweat, man. Hey, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Thank you guys, thank you. appreciate you.